You're listening to Veeam Partner Perspectives with Eric Dockerty. Welcome to the Veeam Partner Perspectives podcast. I'm Eric Dockerty. My guests today are a relatively new player in the backup storage market with a deep Veeam connection, Object First. Anthony Cusimano is Object First's Director of Technical Marketing, and Matt Price is their Manager of Enablement. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Uh, can you share a little bit about your background, each of you, and your current roles at Object First? Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, so my name is Anthony Cusimano. Like you mentioned, I am the Technical Director of Marketing at Object First, and my, my role entails uh, getting excited, getting others excited about what we're doing with OOPB, which we'll talk all about in a minute, I'm sure, and uh, making sure everyone knows everything they need to when it comes to what we're doing technically. Matt, I'll pass it to you. Yeah, rock on. So, uh, Eric, yeah, thanks again for having us on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, Matt Price, Manager of Enablement here at Object First. Um, what's really exciting to me is I literally spent my entire 30s working for Veeam. So I gave them 10 years of my life, awesome company, and moved over to run the enablement team here at Object First. So essentially my role is producing content, whether it's 2.0 stuff that lives on the YouTube channel, running live events like LinkedIn Live, as well as producing uh, collateral to share with our partners and end users. So super stoked to be here. Once again, thanks for having us. Awesome. And Hey, Anthony, you're underselling yourself. So you've got we got Matt with with 10 years at Veeam and you have several years of history at a competitor. So yes, between the do. two of you, you've got a lot of <laughs> a lot of backup and recovery experience. So um, that's I don't great. know if I'd so, call them a competitor per se. I don't think I ever won against Veeam. In my <laughs> It's not very competitive with your yeah, own. The market has changed, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. There was a day. There was a day, but that the day is not today. Um, if anybody's wondering who it is, just go look them up on LinkedIn, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I alluded to in, in the introductions that Object First is a company with, with pretty deep ties to Veeam. Can you elaborate on that and some of the history of the company? Because you're, you're a pretty new company, too. Yeah. So, you know, one of the really nice things for those of you who know Veeam and know Veeam's history, uh, Ratmir Timoshev and Andrei Baranov started Veeam some 15 or so years ago. And, you know, in recent years, they have, you know, sold the company uh, to Insight Ventures. And one of the things that they noticed with the Veeam, you know, customer base and the market in general is there was a gap in the space for end users to actually have a storage appliance that offered true immutability, but for on-prem to really be that initial backup target. Because when you really look at the rise of ransomware that we see, you know, it, it's hockey sticking up. You've got ransomware as a service almost, you know, becoming a commodity now. And one of the things when you look at immutable targets, there's a lot of options in the cloud. You know, Amazon's had stuff, Microsoft Azure, you know, all these different places, Wasabi's of the world that you can send your backup data to. There was a huge missing piece for the on-prem, you know, customers that needed that on-site data also immutable. And so Ratmir and Andre founded Object First. And, you know, one of the things that really resonated with me and frankly why I'm here is they specifically built the company to enrich the Veeam user experience. They could have easily came out and created, you know, the, the Ubi appliance that we've got and allowed anyone and everyone to send backup data to it. 
but they chose to go specifically for the Veeam ecosystem. And we'll talk more about this as the podcast continues, but we've got specific integration that we've been working with the Veeam R&D team on specifically for V12 that's unique to us. So we truly are a specifically designed immutable target just for the Veeam customer. So to me, that really resonated because they're just continuing to carry the flag for the Veeam you know, fan base and Veeam user base out there to truly provide them a solution, you know, for ransomware. Yeah, that's, I, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I've spent a lot of time talking with partners and and with customers. And while we, you know, our, our solution for immutability on-prem is the Linux hardened repo, which is a great solution, but it's amazing how many people are scared of a little Linux. And they just don't want to deal with it. So they're definitely that that gap. While there's a product there, you know, from Veeam, there was definitely something else missing. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about what you were saying about why is it considered a Veeam specific. But first, explain the name Utpi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Utpi. That's that's the fun word because it's actually like Veeam. It has a little bit of meaning behind it when you start to break down what it actually is. So UPI stands for out-of-the-box immutability. Uh, it, was a, it was a clever little name, and now it's become a clever little character as part of our marketing. Uh, it was created by Ratmir, you know, so the, the Veeam brilliant strikes again. Um, but, you know, it's, it's cool because when you hear the word, one, I think we've met the startup criteria of putting a double O in our name. So just like the <laughs> Yahoo's, Google's, and Facebook's of the world now, oh, there you go, yeah. have the double O. But uh, <laughs> the uh, you know the truth of the matter is, is it's interesting, right? You hear Utbi and you're like, well, that's fun, that's different. It's like Veeam, it's not a real word, yeah. but it immediately gets the mind reeling, like, what are they doing here? And then the first thing you do is you see out of the box immutability. It says exactly what it is on our sleeve. And uh, it's it's exciting for us because it is a weird name, and it's one of those that just gets stuck in your head. You find yourself saying it for no good reason. So no, and it's funny because I hadn't yeah. heard it for the first time until we were all at our sales kickoff in January, and it was really it, it stuck with me. Yeah, and it, and the meaning of it stuck with me. So yeah, well done mm -hmm. on the marketing side there because now it's like you well, what's your product? It's this. What's it do? It does this. Uh, okay, well, that's pretty straightforward. I don't think I could. I don't think I could do better than that with naming you know something. Exactly and what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's really cool. So you you were mentioning that it's a Veeam, you know, Veeam specific solution, or it's a Veeam and it's enhanced for Veeam. It really is meant for a Veeam solution. Why is that? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. I, I was just going to say, you know, purpose built gets thrown around a lot. Mm -hmm. in, in both the marketing, sales, technical world, you'll hear, oh, yeah, it's purpose-built. So I can, I can validate that statement. So you know, if, if you do go to my LinkedIn to see where I used to work, you'll see that I also <laughs> used to be an engineer. And in the world of engineering, there's always uh, a couple of paths you can go down. You can start with an SDK. You could download some open source code and just start messing with that and calling it your own. Or you could start from scratch and really build something meaningful. And in the case of Utbi, when Ratmir and Andre founded this company or started working on this idea over three years ago, it was a from scratch effort. It was purpose built for Veeam. So everything that our engineers have put together and built was with the intention of serving the Veeam users, providing them a primary storage target that's utilizing the modern object storage methodology 
specifically leveraging you know, the S3 communications protocols, leveraging the soon-to-be, uh, when we started working on it, the soon-to-be version 12 SOS API. It took a little bit longer to come out than we expected. But everything that our engineers wrote software-wise and developed into in terms of building the operating system or, or tweaking the operating system that's on our hardware was designed for Veeam. So when we say purpose-built, it really means that with all of the purpose inside of our company, we built a product that was specifically tailored to leverage the V12 API to be as fast and as efficient and optimized as humanly possible from a code perspective and to provide the, the end users a truly immutable experience, meaning that once the Veeam backup data storage lands on our box, it's truly immutable and it cannot be touched or managed or deleted or anything once it gets there. So I think it's purpose built to uh, the next level. Yeah, that and that's something that I think we, again, you, you mentioned the APIs that have come out, the new APIs um, for object storage. And, you know, it's again, they're new. So you guys are going to be one of the first ones to the market taking advantage of that. Let's talk a little bit about what that advantage is and what what that what using that API means for for Utbi when it comes to integrating into a an environment. Yeah, you know, so from from my perspective and my take on it, Eric, you know, one of the things that the API integration gives us are smart entities. And, you know, this is, of course, a, a capability that Veeam pioneered on their side and we plugged into being able to leverage it. And really, if you boil it all down, it's it's simply performance. It gives us the ability to leverage object storage without all the hurdles of the typical slow access and slow writes and ingest speeds. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I'll always say when we're on the phone with, you know, customers and partners and we're giving our essential uh, pitch is you look at Veeam over the past 15 years, they've really always remained software defined, but they really put an emphasis on leveraging data. It's, it's way more than just a backup company, right? They do so much more with data. And the reality is if you're going to do a backup with Veeam, to your initial landing repository simply cannot be slow or else you sacrifice all the goodness that Veeam has innovated over the past 15 years. So when we set out to build Utbi with the S3 and the smart object storage plugins, performance was always paramount. You know, we couldn't create an immutable storage target just for Veeam, but it be slow because the whole idea of where our placement is is to be that initial landing for the Veeam backups. So when you look at things like instant recovery and doing sure backup with data labs and all this type of stuff, performance was always top of mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that SOS API just helps enable that even further. Yeah, and, that, and that's a good point. So that, that API coupled with the fact that the V12 engine itself has gotten faster, um, and people are looking, they're not looking to land their data two places. And that's what was happening if you needed that speed. You either needed something that had a high performance landing zone that also means high performance dollars. Uh, <laughs> and we'll get into that in yeah. a minute. But that's that's a differentiator out there because there is other object storage. Mm -hmm. And you know, some of it does well with doing those recovery features. That's really where the rubber hits the road is the recovery. And that's, it's yeah. interesting because I've noticed, and I was talking with uh, with some of our colleagues about this 
the other day that the conversation is shifting. Ransomware is still a hot topic, but I've noticed the top, the conversation switching more to recovery. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, everybody knows ransomware now. It's what do you do about it after you know about it? Yep. And so recovery has been the hot topic. And this is something that as we're also changing our storage types becomes critical to figure out. So I'm performance wise, what are you seeing like compared to like if somebody put like traditional storage behind their, as their Veeam repository for doing, um, you know, instant recovery and things like that. How's your performance stacking up against things like that? It's pretty good. Uh, you know, again, the, the optimization we did in the, the software stage, I think is paying dividends now in, in our release phase. So from a backup perspective, on a single node, so it is a, a appliance form factor, we get one gigabyte per second ingest speeds. And that goes directly to an NVMe where we're maximizing our throughput on the, the dual NICs. On recovery, because we're pulling from the RAID 6 cluster to ensure redundancy, there is a little bit of a hit in performance, but not much. So it's it can waver from about 400 to 600 megabytes per second on recovery. But the good news is, is that you know most... Most people, when they're in a ransomware situation, are not going to be just running recoveries back to where they want to go. Chances are they're going to want to run some instant recovery. So on each node, we support the 20 VMs running concurrently in instant recovery. Uh, and we do scale linearly. So for every node you add to the cluster, it will just increase like the, uh, the hockey stick analogy used earlier. Okay. Uh, everything's going to double, triple, quadruple up to a, a four node cluster. So for now, that that was well, going to be my next question is is the scaling of it. So you're you're going from so let's talk about where you, you know where's the entry point, and how does how does it scale from there? Right. So we have two different box sizes to begin with. There's a 64 terabyte and a 128. How you scale that is up to you and your preference. Um, obviously, you know if you did like a 64 and you you're running out of space and you just needed more more speed or you or you need more I guess you'd need more space if you ran out of space you could throw a 128 on there and then uh, really unlock the the capacity potential. But you know it, it really is a matter I, I hate saying to do some math, but to figure out one what what level of capacity do you need at the end of the day? Do you need the full half petabyte or do you need something smaller with a lot more performance? And then how you kind of mix and match the 64 or 128 to uh, to meet the performance and capacity needs is really up to you. The good news is no matter what you get, uh, it's always going to be immutable out of the box. And as you add those nodes, um, nothing changes from a configuration perspective on the Veeam. So once you've uh, attached that S3 bucket to uh, a Veeam backup repository, adding additional nodes, that's just unlocking more speed and, and capacity for so it. So that's just a background a background change. It doesn't change anything in, in your jobs or Veeam or anything like that. That's part of the luxury of running object storage on various RAID 6 arrays inside of a cluster. All the objects are going to automatically load balance on our end via software. Uh, there's no impact to the user when it comes to performance or anything like that. It's all just managed by us directly. Okay. So it's so if I if I have one node and I add a second, I can start with one. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a that's different than a lot of platforms that are out there. Yeah, and there's um, no erasure coding minimum node requirement. Yeah, Please yeah. spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get your basic backup set up. <laughs> okay, that's 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 a good a good thing. Um, but if I add those, so it's automatically going to spread the data that's already existing across those nodes. So I don't have to worry about okay, node one's full. Let's fill up node two. Let's fill up node three. It's going to take care of that in the background as soon as it connects them. Yes, it is wonderful. Um, 
And then so you said up to four, uh, but I could also have, if I needed to, I could have multiple clusters of, of it would be as well. So I have, I could have, you know, fill up the four, start a second one, have a different object repository. Yes, you can. And okay. the, the four, I'll just, just say it uh, in case anyone's wondering. The reason why we did four to start with is we are in V1, right? We're a brand new product, brand new company out in the world. We really wanted to make sure that everything works the way that we expect it to before we just say, yeah, go for the 24 node cluster <laughs> and then find out, yeah. you know, oh, it, it breaks at the 17th <laughs> node. So yeah. This is yeah. really our opportunity. To- <laughs> <clears throat> so so the, the nice thing is it could, and I'm not going to hold you to it, but while it's four today, that same that yes. same cluster could end up being you get a software upgrade and it's now twelve in a yeah. in a year yes. or whatever. So it's, it's not a hard limit. It's it's a software limit that you're controlling for quality control at this point. Yep. Yeah, I, I'll give you an interesting tidbit. So if you look at uh, some of the cloud storage providers, any other S3 vendor out there, um, based on the old S3 models, you'd actually run into a limitation with smaller objects. If you had too many small objects in a bucket, they could actually break the entire setup because it was mm. a software limitation. Basically, you know, they didn't account for just how expansive some of these uh, machine learned object storage uh, pools could become. We coded around that. So even cool. though we have the four node limit today, we don't have some of the software limitations that other S3 vendors out there have. So in the future, once we remove that limitation, you might actually be able to see a lot more being able to be put on our device than even the other object storage vendors out there. That's terrific. That's great. Um, so that's how you get into it and how you scale it. Who's your target? Uh, what's your target market for for Ootby? Yeah. So, uh, you know, my, my take on that, Eric, is there's a, there's a sweet spot of the Veeam ecosystem that we're really going after. And when you look at the super small, you know, call it mom and pop shops that run QNAP, Synology, some of your lower end NASs, not really aiming towards that audience necessarily, though there could be some of those that would be good fits, as well as the full upper echelon of the full blown enterprise. And, and you said it earlier with the hardened Linux repo, you know, one of the things that we really set out to do with Oopy is to keep it simple and simple sometimes is overused and everybody's simple until they're not right. Everybody claims that their solution is easy. It's simple. It's, it's fast to deploy and all this stuff until it's not. Mm-hmm. And one of the things with us, you know, we, Anthony and I actually just recorded a, a five part mini series on YouTube. We called it box to backup in 15 minutes. Our solution truly is out of the box, super simple to deploy. There's not a lot of complexity when it comes to setting things up. As an example, you don't have to configure the RAID set. You don't have to worry about stripe sizes. You don't have to do any of that. In fact, you know, you don't even have command line access. So everything is blocked from the backend operating system perspective. There, there is no configuration other than simple networking, creating your keys and buckets, and that's it. Hmm. The reason I bring that up in the context of your question is we're really going after what we would define as the mid enterprise, but basically it's the mid market holistically. So it's the customers who don't have teams of Linux developers and admins that could easily just go in and drop a hardened Linux repo. It's it's really for that middle ground area, that middle sweet spot where they just need a solution 
that they don't have to go learn and have some crazy implementation service, you know, contract. They just drop it in, know that their backups are immutable and carry on about their lives. Right. And, and not have to babysit the solution. And, you know, one of the things, you know, while I got the mic real quick, one of the things that I see that's coming this year, this is just my take on it and my view. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts as well. If you're a storage vendor, in 2023 and beyond, and you don't come out with some sort of checkbox for immutability, you're going to die, right? You have, as a storage vendor, ransomware, immutability, having some sort of play there is going to be critical to your success. The one thing though, that I feel like a lot of these other vendors aren't, aren't doing or are trying to do, but failing is like what Anthony said earlier is the simplicity part. And I don't mean to belabor the point, but you look at some of these others that leverage erasure coding. You've got to drop in three units, and you know, minimum to get everything running properly. That's not simple. There's no simple way to drop in and rack and configure, say, three units of some of these other solutions. And I know Anthony and I both, we've had firsthand experience standing up some of these other S3 solutions. And compared to Oopi, it's night and day. Right. So I think the simplicity variable is really going to continue to be a differentiator for us, you know, as time goes on throughout this year and beyond. I want to add something to what Matt said, too, because when you start to look at, you know, it's even looking at some of the Veeam competition, we won't drop names, but we'll just say they rely heavily on zero trust as part of their, their marketing message. When you look at what zero trust is, it's like this marketing buzzword. It's very fuzzy and a lot of people can claim it. <laughs> But one of the boons of the simplicity of what we've created in Utbi is that we've we've almost accidentally or purposefully, by being so simple, created zero access in our device as well. There's no administrative privilege. There's no back-end way to get in and muck around with the system. There is no way that an admin user can delete any data that lands on the device so long as it is in the immutability window set through Veeam backup and replication. So it's truly zero access. If you want to get in there, you have to go through support, validate who you are. I think our, our CEO, David Bennett, is going to call your home and you know talk to your dog and make sure that he says you are who you are as well. So there's a whole process, right, which is so much more than other vendors are going through when it really comes to securing your storage and your backup infrastructure. And it's, it's because we're simple. It's because we've locked out all of the functionality that in control that people used to ask for. We say, no, we're going to optimize it for you. You don't have to worry about anything. And no matter what happens, your data is going to stay there secure and ransomware proof. Yep. Well, and, and that's, yeah. And that's something, especially when you, when you talk about that target market, those folks, I mean, even this year, we've already seen what's happened through the first half of this year. It, mm -hmm. People are, you know, they all do more with less. Well, they're, they're doing way more and more, way more is demanded of the people who are yep. still employed with their companies. Unfortunately, yep. you know, a lot of people have lost jobs. Um, that is even more critical that you can take those solutions and make them simplified, um, and less maintenance. It's not only just the getting it started, it's the maintenance afterwards. So it, it sounds like as far as training, you get things up and running, you don't have a lot, it, you know, you're, yeah. you're not, you're not creating three day courses anymore, Matt, like you were. <laughs> oh, when you were, yeah. we're, not doing, we're not doing full <laughs> BMCEs on how to get, how to get Ubi launched. Um, yeah, you're right. You know, and, and one of the things you mentioned it support support is actually one of the other key differentiators with us. Right. Because when you go back to the hardened Linux repo example, 
What happens if something breaks? Veeam doesn't, they're not going to support that because they didn't configure it. They have no idea how you set up Linux, right? If the permissions were right, if credentials and access was set up correctly. So there's not essentially one place to go. Whereas with us at Object First, there certainly is, you know, we have a support department, it's bundled in, you know, you get three years right out of the gate, you know, full support. But the other cool thing is we have a hot transfer mechanism set up with Veeam support. So if a customer calls in to us and, you know, maybe there's an issue with the box and it turns out it's not us, it's actually the way Veeam was configured. It's not going to be the finger pointing game. Oh, thank God. Oh, it's VMware. No, it's these guys. <laughs> oh my no, God. it's those guys. There's literally the hot, you know, the warm transfer where we can engage Veeam support and vice versa. Wonderful. So that, you know, that's been a question that a lot of the partners have asked. Hey, what happens if it turns out to be a Veeam issue or they call into Veeam support and turns into be an object first issue, there's that warm transfer. So that's going to be yet another way that object first is helping enrich the Veeam experience. And that's great because yeah, that to be able to, to have to do that. Like you said, there's nobody's bigger nightmare when they need help than, than that whole finger pointing contest. I've, I've yep. been, I've been in the middle of many of those and also <laughs> to be able to, even if you're going to work together to skip the triage level and get right into getting the problem solved, yep. it's all about time, you know, time to completion on those, on, on those tickets for everybody. They want to get them open and closed at the support level and the customer wants to be back up and running. Um, so it sounds like, honestly, watching a few of the videos you're talking about from YouTube are, you know, there's your training. <laughs> yeah, there, it, you know, and, and not to try to overly, you know, simplify the solution, but you're right. There's not a lot to getting it set up. I mean, literally, Anthony and I did this in 15 minutes. I mean, it's incredibly simple. And if the unit is already racked, you know, and connected to networking, you yeah. can have it in Beam in five minutes. You know, yeah. it's super quick and easy. But, you know, it's very scalable, like Anthony talked about earlier. And you, you look at other Veeam capabilities like the scale out backup repository. And it's almost like we are doing a lot of that in house, like mm -hmm. on the back end of the Ootby cluster. So it's like you can just add the single Ootby, you know, S3 target cluster in. And whatever you do on the back end, if you start with one node, need to grow it to two, you've added the full four, maybe you need to remove a node for whatever reason. All that's managed on our, you know, backend software. So it, it makes it very simple to use. Nice. Yeah. The hardest part about the deployment process is, you know, yanking your coworker away from the YouTube video they're watching to help you lift the box. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, how, how big is the box? How many, how many rack units is it? Does it take to you? Oh, okay. Help you lift it. Come on, man. You should be able to that on now. <laughs> You see me. You can't see it on the video, but you know. I need help. Unless it's unless it's that top unless it's completely top of rack, then you should be fine. Everybody should be fine. <laughs> to you. Come on. All right. Well, the next video will be I'll have I'll have a fitness instructor on to get people doing some deadlifts to lift these. Object things. first oopie does not recommend lifting by yourself. Just gotta put that disclaimer up there. <laughs> Please do not drop the box. Disclaimer, good disclaimer. That's that's me just calling people out on their fitness levels. As I sit here, I'm completely out of shape, but I think I can still get a two you off the ground myself. I might have to take the next day off, but we'll see. <laughs> So your, your sales model, let's talk about this from, from how partners are. Um, are you direct channel using the same model that Veeam uses with Disty and, and uh, just, you know, channel led for sales? Yeah, we're completely channel driven. Uh, you know, it's, it's 
no direct sales from us, completely sold by partners, Veeam resellers. The best way to find out the price of our products, I'm sure you're going to ask about that. Talk to your partner directly because the price we'll give you is not going to be as good as what they can. Um, it's it's part of that whole simplicity process, right? Like we wanted to make it so you don't have to feel like the sales process is more complicated than racking, stacking and setting up our box. It should be as simple, if not easier. And we've, we've aimed for that as well. Good. Yeah. And you know, one or two things to add onto this as well, since we're, we're specifically talking about partners and, and how to position and sell it. There's only a handful of SKUs. Like we don't have yes. this big, long, you know, price book of all these different random SKUs. Like I mentioned earlier, three-year support is included out of the gate, you know, regardless of which box you get. I think Anthony touched on there's a 64 and a 128. So some of the extra SKUs are if you need a fourth-year support, a fifth-year support, and a spare parts kit. So it's like super easy for your yeah. partners to position this and actually quote it. And the one other thing that I'll mention is a lot of partners we realize have kind of made a living, so to speak, on services. You know, they'll go in, they'll do deployment services, and, you know, that's part of potentially how they bill and, and how they make some additional revenue. So the good thing about us is this can turn into a velocity play because it is so simple to deploy. They can deploy several of these, make their margins in the same amount of, you know, a capacity that they would otherwise sell services, but way less of their time, you know, being invested. Do a flat and, rate install so that the, and the, the, which is always everybody's goal, but the customers love that because they know their budget yep. and you're in and out, the faster you're in and out, the more margin you make. Exactly. Makes sense. Now there's a question I had that when we were talking about the uh, storage uh, and it's about scale out repository. This could be used as the, I guess we're still calling it the performance tier for a scale out repository. If I wanted to still get data off to object storage in the cloud or Wasabi or Azure or AWS, I could, I could use this in that capacity, then have my immutable storage in the cloud and get my 321 or 32110 yep. still working with that. And the nice thing is also because of the performance I could do still get that um, zero and the one to yep. work, you yep. know, on-prem. A hundred percent. And in fact, we still recommend that wholeheartedly. I mean, just because we have immutability on-prem does not mean that should be the last line of defense. I mean, data center gets hit by a meteor, not much you can do at that point. So, yeah. you know, we still highly encourage customers to do the three, two, one, one, zero, do the testing, you know, make sure you've got some immutable copies, do the sure backup. If you have that beam, you know, functionality in your license, mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, as I've said many times before, you could have 50 copies of these backups all over the world, immutable, not immutable in a tape vault. Who cares if they've never been tested, right? Precisely. Where it could be the least of your worries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm a Florida native. Uh, you guys are going to be at Vmon this year. I want yeah. you to check the water level in Miami. Uh, we get a strong rain, and your data center is yeah. going to be under feet of water. This and is, is not waterproof. Unfortunately. Well, yeah, they haven't come out with that yet for anything <laughs> ruggedized. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of Fort Lauderdale a couple of weeks ago. That was uh -huh. uh, still unexpected. Still pretty bad there. Yeah. Yeah. So anything, any, but now here's the nice thing. Because we've taken care of that immutability piece, we're now talking about the same things we always talked about with disaster recovery. Those those lower percentage, depending on where you live, you know, check out your uh, your your FEMA disaster maps to see where you live and where your data center is as far as the odds of something happening. But mm -hmm. we're talking about those things that we've been talking about for decades. You yeah. know, the 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 fire, flood, 
act of God, tornadoes, mm -hmm. hurricanes, as opposed to ransomware because we have it locked down. So it's nice to have that conversation. You know, people are realizing that they have to do that. And my favorite product, just to plug something for Veeam, it, for helping with all this, is uh, Recovery Orchestrator. Yeah. You've got to have that, you know, that in conjunction with, with these solutions. Um, I don't know why anybody's not doing it. I think this is the year where we're going to see a lot of sales of that product. Um, yeah. You know, you combine that with the right storage solution and some, you know, some extra resources for for recovery. You have a yep. good, good disaster recovery solution for a reasonable price. Agreed. And can I just throw out there, you know, regardless of what your situation is, what storage you use, test it, you know, test those recovery scenarios when you can, where you can, because we've found I've been working on this ransomware paper no one does. And the actual time it takes to recover, even if you have the backup data is weeks because no one knows where anything goes and it, communication uh, lines are down. And yeah, it's just a whole ordeal. Not only do it, but update your documentation. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the big one that people miss out. Everybody hates doing documentation, but everybody loves it when they need it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is if you're doing anything with insurance or if you have any regulatory bodies, you're going to need it anyway. So yes, yes you are. you're absolutely right. Um, I will, I will scream that from the mountaintop constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, so last question, you know, we've been talking at Veeam here when we get in front of our partners about object first and, and working on getting some introductions, um, where, where they're appropriate. But if somebody, if this is the first somebody's hearing about it or they haven't gotten that introduction yet, how can partners get more info on becoming an object first partner? It's so easy. You just go to our website. Uh, we have a, a partner portal you can get through right there. We try, like we try, I keep saying, it, I feel like a broken record, but we've really tried to make this thing as simple as humanly possible. Whether you're the customer, the partner, the Veeam person who's getting to get the advantage of having object first in their customer's environment. Like we've really, really tried to simplify everything to the smallest details. So just go to objectfirst.com partner portal. You'll be rocking and rolling in minutes. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I appreciate you guys coming on today. This was, this was fantastic. Um, you know, I'm excited to see the synergy that we have already is, you know, it's funny, you're a young company, but because of who all's there, I don't feel like it's a young company because we've known everybody forever. Um, yeah. You know, you've, you're really building something that I think is going to be interesting to the market. Um, you know, this this will probably air after at Veeamon, but you're going to have a strong presence at Veeamon. Yeah. Um, you know, you're out in the field constantly. We're constantly making different uh, different updates to our partners to make sure that everybody's aware of what you're doing. Um I'm excited for the potential for the future because it's, you know, you, that word simple came up a lot today and mm -hmm. that's what the partners are looking for. And it's definitely what the customers are looking for. So yeah. um, looking forward to see what the future holds for us. I appreciate you guys spending some time with me today. I think this is uh this is great. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing, seeing you guys out in the field again some more. Yeah, hundred percent, you know, and, and Eric, thanks so much for having us. And one final thing I just want to, you know, kind of close with is Anthony mentioned this earlier, but just in passing, I want to make sure we double down on this. You know, we are a new company. We did just launch a few months ago based on the time of, of recording this. However, the R and D 
and the actual development of Ootby is three years plus in the making. And you're right. You know, Ratmir and Andre have a tremendous track record of ensuring when they release products, they're yeah, ready. Nothing before it, it's time. Yeah, it, it used to be it's wet, it's ready <laughs> when it's ready, right? And that's, that's very much our philosophy too. We're, we're not rushing to push out, you know, things that aren't fully baked and ready to roll. So, you know ready to nice. ready to go crush the market together with veeam and again thanks so much for having us and giving us this opportunity to spread the the Ubi and object first wisdom awesome. yeah i'll just add to, to matt's statement when i started actually i think it's a year ago today uh they told me be ready to release the product in june have all your marketing material ready because we're ready to go so uh clearly it took a little bit longer uh okay. we were waiting for that version 12 api but we were ready to go in june of last year and we're yeah, ready I, to be out there today. Yeah, we, we were a little behind schedule, but yeah, things happen, <laughs> but good things are worth waiting for. So Exactly. <laughs> yep. So, guys, I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I look forward to seeing you guys. Like I said, this will be out after VMON, but I look forward to seeing you at VMON. Right on. Thanks, Thanks Eric. Thanks so much, Eric. This has been Veeam Partner Perspectives with Eric Doherty. Thank you for listening.